From a safely isolated distance high atop Fibush Media World News Headquarters in Rochester, New York, it's the Top of the Tower podcast. The Top of the Tower podcast is brought to you by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. And by Yellowtech for broadcasters, podcasters, and content creators. Yellowtech offers solutions for clean, efficient studios with the Mika mic arms and monitor supports. Clear audio from Yellowtech's IXM recording microphone and USB sound cards, along with its compact mixer, the Intellimix. To learn more, go to yellowtech.com. These are certainly interesting times that we are in, and as promised last week, we are starting a new and hopefully fairly regular series of conversations with people across the radio and audio and news worlds about how we're all coping with this, about how we're all managing to pull through, produce radio, produce TV, keep our communities informed, provide accurate information, hopefully keep some sales efforts going, promote the medium that we're in, and, oh, yeah, all stay safe out there, too. And staying safe is exactly the topic that we are covering on today's edition of the Top of the Tower podcast, one of the questions that I have been getting over and over again from a lot of people in radio over the last few days has been, how do I keep my studio safe, and especially what do I do with the microphones that people are using? And so we've reached out to Brian Walker, who's a customer development applications engineer for Sennheiser in Neumann. He is uh, based out of Astoria, Oregon, where he joined us by phone from his home studio to provide some much-needed answers. And the first question that I asked him, which he'd hope would be an obvious one, uh, is why you really do not want to spray Lysol or anything else directly into your microphone. Oh, it's absolutely not a good idea. Um, Although, you know, from my point of view, it's a great idea because now you get to buy a new microphone. Because that's what's going to happen if you spray Lysol or a disinfectant right into the capsule of your microphone is you're going to wipe out the capsule. So in a nutshell, don't do that. Spray a disinfectant. You can use Lysol. You can use 409. You can use Fantastic, you know, whatever. Spray it on a soft cloth or spray it on a paper towel and then just wipe down your microphone. You'll be fine. Another thing to do right now especially is just Take the, um, the foam windscreen off of your mic, get rid of it. It's just a biological hazard zone. So all the engineers out there who have ordered individual windscreens for each of their staff members, not the best idea necessarily? Unless you're cleaning them every day, not necessarily the best idea. I'll give a shout-out. Uh, the last trip that I was able to take uh, a couple of weeks ago, I stopped off Uh, In Cleveland, and my good friend uh, Gary Zoccolo, the the chief engineer at Radio 1 there, had purchased an ultraviolet sanitizer and had purchased individual mic screens for each of his staff. He was telling them, run them through the sanitizer before and after your air shift. That works? Yes, absolutely. That's That's a great idea. I mean, if you have the ability to do that, you bet. Um... You know, uh, the problem that we're facing, especially with the COVID-19 virus, is we're dealing with a virus whose RNA in the virus is not recognized as a contagion by the human body. So, you you know, once that virus gets in you, it's just going to it's just going to go because your your 
body doesn't have a way to react to recognize COVID-19 as a virus that needs to be, you know, attacked. So you've got to do everything you possibly can to keep that virus out of your body. So, you know, boy, if you can get an ultraviolet cleaner, um, you know, even if you just take your windscreen and walk down the hall wearing a pair of gloves and wash it in warm, soapy water and let it dry, that's going to help. I uh, saw a picture from, I think it was WBUR in Boston, where they had taken all their screens and they had washed them out and they have a little lounge area up on the roof of their building overlooking downtown Boston, and there's a white picket fence up there, and they just had each individual mic screen sitting there on top of the each of the pickets in the fence and uh, soaking in those those UV rays from the sun. And I guess that's that's one that's one way to do it. I think they've uh, they've got that figured out over there I, pretty I'm well. Totally good with that. Yeah. What about for people who use pop filters? Obviously, the same same guidance there, and cleaning those and, and using those to maintain distance from the mic itself. Absolutely. Also, you know, one of the smartest things you can do is just simply move your microphone over to a a 45-degree angle uh, from your mouth instead of talking straight into it. Um, Kind of talk across it, which will take care of a ton of those plosives, Um, you know, plus all of the stuff that comes flying out of your mouth aside from air, you know, just go straight out instead of straight into the microphone. Um, you know, talking past the capsule will do a lot to help on your plosives. So a little mic technique, a little distance, and you can do a lot to really clean things up. I'm thinking if you have a quiet enough room to be able to pull it off, that the uh, the L.A. voice guys with their 416 shotguns away at a distance from them, that's probably about the safest setup right now, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but who's got a big enough room and who's got a quiet enough room to put in a 416, um, you know, uh, that's that's some of the problem that you're going to run into. Also, you know, studio microphones are not cheap, let's be honest. And so, you know, if you've invested in an RE20, if you've invested in an MD421 or an SM7, you know, you got a fair amount of cash tied up. You're just not going to drop that and buy a $1,000 shotgun. Agreed. Much as Much as I would like to. Certainly, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I love to. I Don't love let to me stand that, so. in your way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you could find a way to uh, to, to get me a deal on one. But so, you know, <laughs> is is there any danger? I mean, if 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 we're doing this, you know, multiple times during a day and and running wipes over the grill or the surface of a mic, is there is there any danger long term that we're going to kill the finish of the mic doing this? To the best of my knowledge, no. You're not going to kill the finish on a uh, Sennheiser or on a Neumann microphone. Um, and, you know, for the most part, that, uh, you know, the chemicals that are in the in the substance you're using to disinfect your mic aren't going to eat the paint, so you should be fine. Is there any reason... You know, I'm thinking too. Like one of my one of my sidelines lately has been stand-up comedy, and everybody's got a ratty SM58 that uh, you know is held by ten people during a show. And some of the comedians are saying, "Well, we should take the ball off and and take the foam out and rinse out the ball." I suppose if you had to, that would be one way to do it on a mic like that. Chances are that you know uh, on an SM58 or 
five. If it, if it's at a club, that that foam inside the ball has never been replaced, and so it should just be removed, thrown away, and a new one installed. They're not that expensive. I mean, they're about four bucks out of Sennheiser, mm-hmm. and I think they're about the same price out of Shure. But um, if you've got a handheld microphone that you use fairly regularly. Um, yeah, replace that foam inside the ball. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Houses of Worship, I recommend that they rec- that, that they replace that foam twice a year for their singers. So do it right at Thanksgiving when you're going into rehearsals for the Christmas show, and then do it right about now when you're going into rehearsals for Easter. And I suppose too the same goes if you're if you're talking about sportscasters or anybody using a headset mic or an over the ear mic that you're going to want to wash that carefully after every use too, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, now it's so important to uh, to to maintain a level of cleanliness that we've we've never really even thought about in the past. And uh, you know, sportscasters is a perfect example, Scott, because you know. People get excited when they're delivering a sports cast, when they're delivering, you know, when they're calling a football game or a basketball game, they get excited. And so um, there's a lot more stuff flying out of their mouth that's going to get caught in that windscreen. So, yeah, you really got to take that extra step to clean it even more. What about for field reporters? You know, if you're if you're out in the field, I'm already seeing uh, there's a picture of somebody, I think, in Canada who had their... Uh, you know, whatever field mic they were using, taped to the end of a hockey stick that they were holding out, and that's great for keeping you distant <laughs> from the person you're talking to, but then they're still getting stuff over the windscreen. I mean, it's not practical to change out the windscreen or clean it between any inter- between every interview. What What's the best advice there? Best advice is uh, do it once a day if you possibly can. Um, either that or forego... Uh, foam windscreen over the microphone and then after the interview just give the microphone a, a, a wipe with a, uh, a Lysol wipe or something, you know, a disinfectant wipe, something like that. I'm thinking back and I'll give you guys a free plug here to my TV news reporter days and we had uh, I think it was an ME66, one of your short shotguns um, that we just, we used for everything out in the field because you could keep it off camera, you could keep it away from the mouth of the person you were talking to it was less intimidating, and I'm thinking that's probably again a, a pretty good solution right now if you if you've got one and you can afford to use it. it it's an excellent solution because uh, what you can do is you can put it on the end of a boom or a stick or whatever you got, and if you're doing just a a, a chest shot, you know, which is a standard interview shot, you can have that microphone just at just below the um, the the video. And as they're speaking, any droplets that are coming out of their mouth are just going to go shooting out and fall down on the ground past the microphone, and the microphone is going to stay amazingly clean. What's the availability? You had mentioned getting replacement foam. Are there any supply chain issues right now? Is that pretty widely, easily available right now still? Those are still widely available. Um, We should be in really good shape on those. Because uh, the nice thing is, is that it's the exact same windscreen that we use at the factory. So, you know, if we have to, we can just grab a whole bunch of them at the factory in Germany 
and ship them over to the United States. It's not that big of a thing. Um, so if it's fair, you know, call 860-434-9190, extension 2, and that will put you to Sennheiser Parts, and you can order all of the windscreens for uh, all of your microphones. As people are suddenly retreating to home studios and figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I get a home studio together that will allow me to to track my show and and stay on the air? What's the best advice you're giving as far as what people ought to be using and and looking for a microphone? And and we should talk headphones too, headphone wise. Um, as they're putting this together, I mean, we'd all love to be able to put a U87 at home. Certainly, that's not practical for the vast majority of us. So where where do you go? Um, you know, th- that that's such a tough question to answer faithfully. You know, yeah, of course, I've I might be slightly biased in my answer, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you're probably going to need to be something in the range of around three hundred to four hundred dollars for a decent dynamic microphone in your studio. Um, if you can afford it in any, you know, if you can possibly do it, um, try and get a condenser because it's just going to give you that. It's just going to give you a little better edge, um, in your audio quality as compared to a dynamic microphone. There are some nice little condensers out there that are available in the 200 to $400 range that sound really, really good for vocals. Um, you know, one thing to watch out for, um, I will probably get myself into a whole bunch of trouble for this, but watch out for microphones that are incredibly low-priced that use an emulation chip that are trying, you know, it sounds just like a Neumann U47. Um, that emulation chip is going to really severely alter the sound of your voice, and it's going to sound like somebody just covered your voice with a layer of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Of course, so. you may not necessarily, I'm thinking in a lot of home studios now and in crowded places with everybody's kids running around and, and the dogs and everything, is there a danger to having a mic that's too sensitive that's that's going to pick up too much ambient environmental noise right now? Yes, and if you're, if you're working a noisy environment, start looking at a, um, at a good... Um, handheld microphone. So like the Sennheiser E935, which is a really nice dynamic microphone. It was designed for live performance stage use. So uh, it's going to be somewhat less sensitive, and that's going to help lower that background noise level quite a bit for your home studio right now. I guess we're all probably learning to be a little bit more forgiving of that stuff when, when we hear it on the air than we probably would have been a few months ago anyway. Um, Without a doubt. Yeah. As I as I look out the window to see if my neighbors have started their yard work for the day yet, <laughs> which which held me up from tracking some stuff yesterday. What about headphones, too? Because, you know, obviously in, in an ideal world, everybody's got their own <clears throat> set of headphones and, and nobody else is using them, but we still want to make sure we're keeping those clean, too. Same Same basic cleaning rules apply there? No, I think that the the rules on headphones are even more stringent. Um, if if you're sharing headphones, you're just you're asking for disaster.
I'm sure that you have great personal hygiene, Scott, but I don't want to share your headphones. No, believe me, I've got I've got my own pair that goes back and forth with me. What uh, you know, if I want to be sure that I'm keeping those clean too, though, and not damaging the surfaces of those, you know, especially like if if you've got a set like I got a pair of K240s that have the leather ear pads on them, probably not a bad time to invest in a replacement set of those too, right? Not a bad time to invest. Well, if your ear pads are cracked, yes, it's probably time to replace them. Um, But if they're not cracked and they're healthy and they're in good shape, um, just a wipe down with uh, like 409 or Fantastic. Uh, If you have leather ear pads, stay away from the alcohol-based stuff because that alcohol will really dry out the... um, leather and ruin it and you know yeah i love seeing people buying lots and lots of replacement ear pads because you know at sennheiser we do have bills to pay Mm -hmm. but let's be reasonable you know and again obviously keeps from spraying anything right into the element if you can right yes absolutely just just a wipe down in indirect application is the best way to go don't don't hose down your (laughs) your headphones I bathed them in Lysol. They're so clean now. Are there have, <laughs> have there have there been horror stories yet? Are you hearing anything from people who've gone overboard yet? Oh yeah, yeah. We've had some um, Neumann, uh, some of our uh, a few of our lower end, like the TLM one hundred and three, which is a large condenser uh, microphone, sells for about eleven hundred dollars. Uh, we've had a few of those come in already from radio stations because people squirted Lysol directly onto that 35-millimeter capsule. And mm. for some reason, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Scary yeah. stuff. Scary stuff to keep you up. Well, they, well they did, yeah, and they, they did it while the microphone was still on. So you've got... You know, we we've got we use nine. We take our forty-eight volt of phantom power and double it to ninety-six across the capsule. So you can imagine how that went sideways. Indeed, Brian Walker from mm-hmm. Sennheiser and Neumann. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to share this important information. If people want to get a hold of you or want to get a hold of Sennheiser again, the the contact information. Uh, area code eight six zero. Four three four nine one nine zero is our home office in Connecticut. And if you want to reach out to me directly, I would love to talk to you. My email address is Brian B R I A N dot Walker W A L K E R at Sennheiser S E N N H E I. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe out there. And we hope this is just the beginning of an ongoing series of conversations. I want to hear from you about how things are going right now at your station or your operation, how you're managing to stay on the air, to keep everybody safe and to stay informed. If there are topics that you would like us to cover here on the podcast, and especially if uh, you are a vendor and you're looking for help from us here at the Top of the Tower podcast and from our partners at Radio Insight to help get the word out about uh, what you have available and what you can offer the industry, especially in lieu of the NAB show that is not going to be happening, obviously, a month or so from now. 
So please reach out to me. I'm at scott at fibush.com. If you want to check out the website, it is at fibush.com or radioinsight.com, providing constant updated information. Uh, We will be back with much more, hopefully in the next couple of days, as we line up more guests and more topics uh, on all of these important breaking issues. We hope that you will uh, keep us bookmarked and keep coming back to the Top of the Tower podcast. And by all means, if there's something you would like us to be talking about, please let me know. That is the Top of the Tower podcast. We are sanitized for your protection, and we are brought to you by Shively Labs. Shively Labs is a division of Howell Laboratories. Shively is a proud employee-owned company with over 50 years of expert antenna and filter design and manufacturing. And by Yellowtech for broadcasters, podcasters, and content creators. Yellowtech offers solutions for clean, efficient studios with the Mika mic arms and monitor supports. Clear audio from Yellowtech's IXM recording microphone and USB sound cards, along with its compact mixer, the Intellimix. To learn more, go to yellowtech.com. I'm Scott Feibusch. Stay safe out there.